Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse. Today, I want to talk about self-confidence. Self-confidence is like a muscle. Some of us develop it at a young age, while others have had their self-confidence squashed by the adults in their lives. Today, we're going to be talking about how to raise self-confident kids, but I think you'll find this information applies no matter what your age. Please allow me to introduce my special guest, Jackie Latran, who is a multiple award-winning author, international speaker, mindset mentor, and host of the podcast, Stop the Bully Within. Jackie's Words of Wisdoms for Teens book series is often regarded as must-read books for teens and young adults struggling with low self-esteem, anxiety, and depression. Jackie is truly gifted at helping teens and young adults discover the hidden gifts even in the worst of circumstances and tap into the remarkable strength and inner power already within themselves. Jackie is a passionate and energetic leader who empowers her audience to become resilient, fearless, and their own powerhouse and personal champion for success. Welcome, Jackie. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you so much for having me on. This is going to be such an awesome conversation. I'm super excited. Jackie, let's talk a little bit about how you got started in helping kids build self-confidence. It started mainly because I struggled significantly with my own confidence issue as a teenager. Um, I was dealing with a lot of low self-esteem that led to depression, that led to really um, risk-taking behaviors. And by the time I was 16, I was an unwed mom on public assistant and a high school dropout. And because of that journey, I made a decision that, you know, I wanted to make a difference. I didn't feel like there were support system for me. There weren't resources for me when I needed it. And I wanted to be that voice. I wanted to create that safety net for teenagers. So once I had my son, I enrolled back into school and got my master's degree in nursing became a nurse practitioner and started working right away in the medical field. And um, along that journey, I discovered more and more about the importance of having a positive and healthy mindset. And that's where I learned that confidence is such a key if you want to be happy and successful in life. And that's when I started transitioning into, instead of doing medical care, I started transitioning into mindset mentoring. Mm Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit, Jackie, about why self-confidence, why self-esteem is so important? So I think self-esteem and self-confidence is the foundation of who you are. If you're confident in yourself, you'll see yourself differently. You'll see the world differently. You know, your confidence level affects how you think, how you feel, and how you act. And if you have confidence and you believe in yourself, you're more likely to do the things that you truly want to do and go after the things you want versus if you have low confidence, you might want something. You might want to try it, but that internal voice, that talk inside your head will put you into panic or fear or anxiety even before you start anything. 
and it will prevent you from taking a lot of actions towards meeting those goals that you want to create that happiness that you deserve. Yeah, it sounds like low self-confidence can really sabotage your ability to create the things that you want in your life. I truly believe that. I mean, I think about it. If you have low confidence and let's say, you know, you, you love acting and maybe you even have natural talent and you can be an amazing actor, you know, behind closed doors in your shower or whatever, and you really want to go for the school play, but you have low confidence. And as you're thinking about tryouts, you're going to be thinking more of like, who, you know, I, I can't do this. Everybody's better than me. What if I fail? People are going to laugh at me. And those kind of thoughts will hold you back. And before you know it, instead of trying out and just giving it your best shot and having fun, you're back in your room, right? You're in your room thinking, I don't deserve this or I shouldn't do this. And then, you know, chances are you even get mad at yourself for even trying to do that thing in the first place. And also for not having enough guts or confidence to go for what you want. So it definitely can have that snowball effect where, one thought can lead to another and another and another and really push you into that, that place of negativity and even, you know, severe anxiety and depression if you allow it to snowball out of hand. Hmm, yeah. And as you were talking about that, I was reminded of an experience I had. We were in music class. They were doing tryouts for a chorus, which I didn't know that they were doing that. So they asked me to do the scale. They wanted me to go first, and I didn't really know what was going on, and so I did it, and I kind of petered out at a certain point, and inside I was, like, dying of embarrassment and kind of mortified. It was pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> I think it happens all the time to the best of us, right? Yeah. But now imagine the exact same scenario. You're first, and you're nervous, um, and you messed up, but you have you know, pretty good confidence in yourself, right? In that situation, you can shake it off and ask the teacher, hey, let me try that again, you know? Right. You're more willing to step out and, and self-advocate that way versus if you have low confidence, you're going to just like, hurry up, let's finish this. I want to hide versus, you know what? I messed up. Let me do that again. Yeah, right. It's funny that you say that. I've had experiences later in life where I've actually done that, where I haven't or I didn't do something very well because I didn't have an opportunity to practice and I asked to do it again. So I'm really curious to know, does low self-confidence start out in childhood or is that something we acquire along the way? I would say for the majority of people, it does start out in childhood. A lot of our belief systems about who we are and what the world is like was created between the ages, ages of zero to seven years old from significant emotional events. So if you have events where you're feeling threatened, where you're feeling embarrassed or ashamed, you know, as a little kid, you can definitely start building that low confidence. But a person who grow up in full confidence can also have a significant emotional event later on in life that can take away their self-confidence if they let that situation define who they are versus looking at that situation and trying to figure out what can I learn from this and how can I move forward. So what you're saying is even though people are confident, things can happen that can shake their confidence and maybe knock them back a step or two. Oh, I totally believe it. You know, like one of the examples that's pretty easy and I work with a lot of um, clients who actually deal with this is people who loses their job, 
right? For whatever reason, they, they define themselves by their title. They define themselves by their finances. And all of a sudden, they're fired. And it could be, you know, for something they did wrong or, or maybe not. But all of a sudden, they don't have that identity that they attach themselves to. And then they start questioning themselves. They start going to self-doubt and who I am now if I'm not this person. Who, I am, who am I now if I don't have this paycheck? So, yeah, you can definitely go from a place of strong confidence into a place of low confidence with a significant negative emotional event. So what can we do to build up resilience so we don't get taken out at the knees when life throws us those unexpected curveballs? Well, there's a lot of different things, but one of the things that I really teach is about the inner bully. And the the inner bully really is that negative self-talk that we all participate in. Even the person with the most, you know, uh, a very powerful confidence, they still have that negative internal voice. They just don't listen to it as often. So the first thing is to really recognize that we are our own worst critics, Right. Because think about if you talk to other people the way you talk to yourself when you fail at something, you wouldn't have a single friend left. I mean, like imagine like your best friend tells you, you know, I feel so bad about myself because, you know, today I, I, I can't even make up a story in the moment. My, I have learned how to, well, I, I've learned to transform my inner voice into my best friend. So it's hard for me to get really negative. But, you know, let's say. Um, I did something terrible. I, I uh, inadvertently hurt somebody's feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And I came to you and you're my best friend. And I said, you know, Robin, um, I feel like crap. I just did this. I broke this person's heart. I was so harsh. I couldn't believe the words that came out of my mouth. And you look at me and you say, well, Jackie, you're just a big bully. You know, I don't understand why you talk like that all the time. You're so negative. And, and you just ride me for that. Mm-hmm. If you did that to me, you and I wouldn't be friends, would we? Not for very long, no. No, no. but we do that to ourselves all the time. Like when you yes. make a mistake, instead of just, you know, really learning from it and accepting that a mistake has been made and moving forward, you beat yourself up. You replay that scenario over and over and over again. And every time you do that, you feel worse about yourself and you tear away at your self-confidence. So if you want to build resiliency, you want to build that self-esteem is first become very aware of how you talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. That is the words that you use and the emotion that's attached to those words create your experiences of self-confidence and self-love. And are there like warning signs that can clue us in that kids are beating themselves up and their self-esteem is taking a hit as a result? Well, it can be different from kid to kid, but some other signs that you might look out for, you know, is someone, the easiest one is someone who's always negative, right? right? Who will say things like, I can never do this, or I'm so stupid, or nobody likes me, or, you know, I'm always making a mistake. That's pretty easy to see. Um, other signs or symptoms could be someone who is shy or super shy. And that could be because they don't have that confidence within themselves to do the things they want to do. People or, you know, teens who are, I'm sorry, I said teens because I work with a lot of teens, Uh but um, children in general, whether they're really young or older in the teens, um, teenage, if they start changing their behavior, if one day they're, you know, they're super happy-go-lucky or even just average and all of a sudden they're more withdrawn, more secretive, those are signs that you want to look for. Um, Another sign that could be surprising to a lot of parents uh, when it comes to low self-esteem are uh, anger issues. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people, they think anger, you know, that person ha- believe in themselves too much and they, they come off this, this brute way. But I know for me, when I was dealing with my own depression, my own low confidence, the way that I show those symptoms was with anger. Mm-hmm. Because I've learned along the way that if I show weakness, I'm going to be picked on. I'm going to be, you know, abused or whatever. And I've learned that if I show anger, people will leave me alone. Uh-huh. And so it could go from the gamut of being super withdrawn or super angry and anything in between. Right. So what I'm wondering is how does bullying tie into all this? Is it connected to low self-esteem or what exactly is at play here? I would imagine that the the person doing the bullying have a lot of stuff going on within themselves. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's interesting you should ask because growing up I was a huge bully. And I bully people usually when I don't feel good about myself. When I feel like, you know, I'm less than, I would look for victims um, to pick on. And the way I would look for victims is I would look for the withdrawn side of the low confidence, the people that don't make any eye contact, the people that walk around, you know, with their arm all crossed up, trying to make themselves look all small. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that I would pick on and I would, you know, explode on them because I was hurting inside and I didn't know how to get that hurt out. And in that moment, when I'm bullying a person, I get a temporary relief. So I would imagine a lot of people who bully others are dealing with a lot of pain themselves and they don't have positive coping skills. Oh, I want to get into that some more, Jackie. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how parents can help their kids develop better coping skills, better self-esteem, and more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, you find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Are you looking for a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Do you want your business to thrive? Do you want to enjoy better relationships and find your purpose? Tune in every week to Stepping Into the Ten Da Dao Chung Life Transformation with Dr. and Master Shaw with host Diana Gold Holland, who will share the wisdom of Master Shaw. You'll hear from inspiring teachers and listen to testimonials about life transformation. Stepping Into the Ten Da Dao Chung can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. in the West and 6 p.m. in the East on Voice America Empowerment. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Welcome back. So, Jackie, let's talk a little bit about how parents can help kids develop better coping skills to deal with that internal pain and also develop a better sense of self-confidence. Confidence is something that parents can definitely help their children with. And of course, the younger you start, the better chance you have. But even with an older teen, you can definitely intervene and, and give them some resources and help them with that. And I think the most important thing um, to develop confidence is to help that child develop trust in themselves and also trust in you as a parent. You have to create that safety space for them to come to you and to know that no matter what they share with you, that they are safe, that they are accepted, that they are loved. I mean, think about, you know, going back to when you were a child, how scary was it? to go up to mom or dad and tell them something that you did that you know they're going to be upset. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's pretty scary. I, I remember, you know, I messed up a lot. Like I told you, I was depressed and I was angry and I was bullying. So I mess up a lot. But that, that, that side of me, that negative side of me, was the, wasn't the truth of who I am as a person. I mean, like even as a child, I'm really loving. I just want people to be happy. I just didn't know how to go about it. So I would mess up constantly. And every time I have to tell my parents I messed up, I was in fear because my mom, I mean, she means well, but she parents by guilt. She parents by shame because that's what she was taught. So this is not, you know, getting down my mom um, situation right here is she did her best, right? But in that moment, I was terrified and I hid so much from her. And the more I hid from her, the less she knew of me and the less that she can help me. Now, if my mom created that safety space for me to come and say, mom, listen, I messed up. I need your help. How can we fix this? I mean, I don't know. I I can't say for sure that I would totally take her up on it. But I would imagine that I would be much more willing to share a lot of my feelings with her um, and involving her in, in figuring this out because I know she loves me, but I was terrified of her judgments. Yeah, right. And I think in general, all kids want to please. And so when they've done something that they know is going to disappoint their parent, the instinct is to conceal or hide that. So it can be really difficult for them to be forthcoming. So what can parents do to create an environment where kids feel safe enough to come forward and share information that may not be what a parent wants to hear? 
So non-judgmental, compassionate communication is the key to that. And it's really about, you know, when your child share with you, even if they're sharing something that you don't want to hear, that shocks you even, you have to do everything you can to check all of your belief system and all of your reaction for a moment and be there with them in a more loving, positive, supportive way. So what that would look like to me is, asking them questions rather than telling them what you think and what you feel and how they should fix the situation or make amends, you keep asking them deeper and deeper and deeper questions. Because when your child brings this up to you, chances are they already know the answer. They just need to have it pull out of them, right? And if they come up with their own solutions, they're going to build up that confidence. And at the same time, if you create that safety net for them, they're going to trust you. They're going to come to you for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I know it's hard. I mean, like, you know, I raised my own son and there were things that he told me that were just like, okay, I'm going to sit on my hands. (laughs) I'm going to take my mouth shut because what I have to say right now is definitely not productive. It's not going to help him. It's not going to help me. It's not going to help us bond. And he is trusting me a lot by bringing the conversation up to me. Right. And it's my job as his mom is to, to help him figure it out for himself because you're not going to be there 24-7, right? right. And, and even if you're there, your answer might not be the right answer for him anyway or for her anyway. So helping them to develop confidence, helping them to think critically, helping them to evaluate the situation from different angles is going to create that safety and that bonding for your child. And if you start with simple things and you keep working on it and working on it, they're going to develop more trust in you and they're going to develop that communication skills where they would have the confidence and the words and the ability to come up to you and say, hey, this happened or I'm thinking about doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, Help me through this. Yeah, that's really great. I've had a couple situations where... My clients have told me that their girls have come to them with information that was like, oh my God. And thank goodness the girls came to their mom with that information because it would have been so bad not to know. Every time that happens, it always feels like such a win. Like I'm like, yes, you did it. You created that space where they felt safe enough to come to you with that information. It just feels like such a win. So let's talk a little bit about how we can help kids develop trust in themselves. Definitely. So the the trust in themselves is really about helping them to make decisions for themselves and helping them to learn from their decisions um, by allowing them to experience the natural consequences of their decisions, whatever that might be like. So let's say your child comes to you and wants to do something, right? I don't, let's say he wants to drop out of school. Ooh, that's a big one, (laughs) right? Um, So what is most parents' first instinct going to be? Hell no. Hell no. A lot of upset, a lot of maybe yelling, a lot of telling the kid that they don't know what they want and whatnot. I'm taking on such a big topic right now with that. Um, But what if you are in shock and you took in a couple of deep breaths and center yourself and just start asking your child why? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to drop out of school? You know, oh, I just don't want, I hate school. Well, why do you hate school? What's going on at school? And you keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And you might find out that they're being bullied. 
right? They, do, they really don't want to drop out of school, but it is such a scary place to go to school every single day and, and getting hurt emotionally or physically. And the best way they know how to avoid that pain is by dropping out. I mean, if you don't have that conversation and you just jump right in with telling them what to do and telling them they don't know what they want and all of that, you're going to miss such a great opportunity to learn about your child and to really be there to help them figure things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can think of other situations where clients have told me stories where they reacted instead of getting curious and asking questions and missed a really great opportunity to find out what the motives were because you know there was a motive. There was a reason for it. So I think being curious is just really great. Curiosity is so awesome. Right, because a lot of us, we, we jump to conclusion based on our experiences and our belief systems. But if we are not curious and we don't ask those questions, we don't go deeper, we're always going to be missing a bunch of opportunities. So curiosity, openness, you know, um, compassion, those are all wonderful skills for parents to have. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't ask those questions and you're not curious, it just gives kids more fuel for the fire, for the argument of, oh, you don't understand me. You don't know me. Da, 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 da. And if you do slow down and take the time to ask those questions, then you will have a clue and you will have a better understanding. Right. Definitely. I mean, like a lot of us, I know we all have jobs and we have responsibilities and we want to have our own downtime. But, you know, life as it is right now, too many of us are glued to our screens, right? And so our children are talking to us and we're like on the phone doing whatever we're doing, social media or playing a game or whatever. And we just kind of glance over, what? Okay, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. We're teaching our children in those moments that they're not worthy. They're not worth putting that phone down, putting that thing down and having your undivided attention. And that too, tear away their confidence. And that's where, you know, they're going to go and look for that confidence, the acceptance, the love elsewhere. And then all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, what happened to my child? Right. Mm -hmm. My child changed overnight. No, your child did not change overnight. You just missed a lot of opportunity to intervene and to learn more about your children because you didn't take that time and you didn't involve your curiosity in getting to know your child better. Mm -hmm. Yes, they just grow up so fast. So we are going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about what parents are doing to sabotage their kids' self-confidence. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, you find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. 
Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Do you find yourself thinking that you're not good enough or that you're not lovable? Do you sometimes feel that there is something wrong with you and that you're hiding something? These are more common thoughts than you would think. It's time to talk about this. Tune in to Where Words Can't Reach, Shedding Light on Our Dark Side with Dr. Madeline DeLittle. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Welcome back. So, Jackie, tell us what are parents doing to sabotage their kids' self-confidence? I know we don't do it on purpose, but what are we doing wrong? We do a lot, don't we? (laughs) There's like so many things our parents did, our grandparents did, and we're just blindly following these cultural norms, these family traditions without thought to what we're doing. Yeah, we we all do that. (laughs) But, but, you know, a couple of things that um, parents do a lot, they don't, they don't realize it is comparing, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of my, my parents' clients will say, well, if I don't point it out to them, how would they know? Well, if you're always pointing out their shortcomings, all they're going to think and feel is that they're not good enough. So if you're going to compare, compare them to themselves. Compare them to how they were yesterday, how they were a week ago, not compare them to their brothers or cousins or the next door neighbor. Um, That's a very unfair comparison. The other things that parents do all the time that is not directed at the kid but could totally interfere with their self-confidence is the parents' own negative self-talk and their own negativities. So let's say, again, you and I are friends and we're sitting at dinner and our children are playing by us or whatever. And all we're doing is complaining. I hate my thighs. I'm so fat. I'm trying to lose weight. You know, my husband doesn't make enough money and all of that. You're teaching your kids a whole lot of negativities, even though they might not be actively engaged in that conversation. They are hearing you. They're modeling after you. They're creating beliefs based on what you are saying, based on your experiences. So if you want to build healthy, positive children, you got to start with you. You got to start by becoming very aware with how you talk to yourself and how you view the world. And rather than focusing on all the things that are going wrong, look for things that are going right. Talk about that. Bring those things up. Make that more of a focus of your conversation versus the negativities. 
Yes. And it makes for such nicer conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I hear like the positive things about your day instead of bitching about work. Right, but it's, it's not as fun, right? I mean, like the way that if, if you just follow tradition and, and the way that we're taught, we're taught from wee bit that negativities get attention. And so all we're doing is we're just bringing up what we've, we've learned this whole time, you know, because think about it. If something happens and it's bad, it's on the news 24-7 on every single channel, right? right? And what you learn from that as a kid is when something bad happened, it deserves attention, if I want to get attention, I do bad things or I bring up bad things. If something great happens, if the media covers it, two seconds. And that's it. I mean, like, how many stories on the news did you hear? We saved another cat. Right. 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 And, and, you know, we bought, you know, X amount of meals for the homeless. And we had a great time sitting down and having conversation with them. That is not exciting news for most people, but the plane crashes, death, murders, all of that. I mean, it it gets played over and over again, and we're just taught negativities equal attention. So learning how to pull back from that and how to start sharing positivity within your family is going to be so important to then helping your children also learn to focus on positivities. Right, and that'll help to with the, the negative self-talk too, which is it'll bring greater awareness. You maybe will be less likely to treat yourself that way. <laughs> I think so. I think if you, you know, like if your family are sharing positivities all the time and we haven't talked about gratitude, but if we bring in gratitude also and every single day, imagine sitting, you know, down to dinner. I don't know if family do that anymore. I hope a lot of families are still doing that. Yeah, but imagine sitting down to dinner and sharing something that happened in your day that you're really happy about or you're proud of or, you know, that was just great in some way, some um, small way. And maybe sharing something that you're grateful for that happened that day. Mm-hmm. And you do that on a regular basis. What that's going to do is that it's going to teach your child to look for positivity because they know they're going to have to share later. Right. right? And whatever you focus your attention on, whatever you look for, you will find. Um, It's just easier to look for the negative because we're trained that way. We're not as trained in looking for the positive, but we definitely can train ourselves to do that. Yeah, and you can track what you're thinking about. So if you have a lot of negative thoughts, if you anticipate negative things happening, then that's a thing that you're going to attract. Whereas somebody who has a more upbeat or positive outlook on life is going to attract more positive experiences and have greater connections with people. You know, people like being around positive people, so you'll have better friends. So it really can have an impact on every area of your life. Most definitely, you know, like attract likes. I mean, imagine this. You're walking around all day long with, you know, dark, dark sunglasses, no matter where you go, it's going to be dark and bleak, right? If you're, you know, walking around with rosy color glasses, you're going to see things differently. And the words that we use and how we feel are those filters, just like those glasses. If, you know, you look at everything with negativities, no matter how beautiful a situation is, you're going to find the negative because your lens is focusing on that. Right. Even if something bad happens, 
there's always a silver lining in there somewhere, some positive lesson that can be taken away from the situation. Definitely. And I'm sure you get um, asked about this. Am I supposed to be happy and positive all the time? <laughs> My clients ask me that all the time. Like, once we finish working together, am I going to always be happy and positive? And my answer is absolutely no. Yeah. It's still going to happen. Life is still going to happen. Challenges and difficulties are still going to happen. But if you're looking at those situations through different lenses, more of that curiosity, what can I learn from this situation? What can I take from this situation that's going to help me be a better person, be a happier person, be a more loving, more compassionate person? If you have those lenses and you use your curiosity to always learn from every situation you're in, you don't have to be happy about the situation, but you still can benefit from it. Absolutely. We all experience emotions. It's okay to have those emotions, whatever they are. Let them flow through you. The main thing is not to get stuck in them. That's where the whole mindset piece comes in. How you hold certain things really has an impact. Having that more positive mindset and looking for the good, even in bad situations, can go a long ways to a happy, healthy life. So do you have any suggestions people can do to help break those patterns of negative self-talks? I mean, we all do it. We beat ourselves up over stuff. So do you have any suggestions for when people get stuck in those loops? So the, the first thing I think I mentioned already is to start being purposeful and aware of your self-talk. You know, if you want to figure out how negative you are, which you are, <laughs> until you understand, um, take a notebook around with you and jot down every single thought you have about yourself throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And don't filter those thoughts. Don't pretty them up. If you think I'm so ugly or I'm unattractive or I'm stupid, write them down. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you look at this and you're going to realize, oh my gosh, no wonder I had such a bad day. Because every thought I have about myself has been very negative, has been bullying thoughts, right? So learning to become aware of your thoughts are incredibly important. Yeah. Um, another thing that you can do is use your breath. And I know people talk about breathing all the time and it's too basic that it shouldn't work, but it works magically. And so what happens when you're upset is, you know, your breathing changes, right? You either start breathing really fast or are really shallow. And then that causes your body to tense up, making everything feels worse. Right. So in those situations, if you just pause, and you start taking a very slow, deep, deliberate breath. And I recommend counting to four. So breathe in slowly for a count of four. Hold it for a count of four. Breathing it out for a count of four. And keep repeating that. Breathe in four. Hold four. Breathe out four. And do that three times. Do that ten times. Do it as many times as you need to start noticing that, okay, your shoulder's relaxing. Your body's not so tense. And the key thing about that, you know, besides the breath really slowing your heart rate and everything down physiologically, what you're also doing is you're training your mind to focus on something different. Your mind is amazing, but it really, you know, the, the conscious part of your mind can only be focused on one thing at a time. So instead of being in your head and thinking about all those worst case scenarios, which brings you into a more negative space, you're taking all that energy from that negativity and you're focusing on breathing, mm -hmm. right? You cannot be very purposeful and concentrate fully on your breath and have those negative thoughts at the same time. All right. 
And whatever it is that you're paying attention to, that part grows. So in the past, what you've done is that you have a negative thought, you think about something else, and you think about something else, and this little negative thought is now this huge, tremendous thing of overwhelm. But now instead of allowing it to snowball that way, you're just going to take it back and do those breathing and paying very special attention to your breathing, being very purposeful, very mindful of that. You'll notice that all of a sudden that big thing wasn't all that big. You're going to be able to see the situation much clearer for what it is versus from a place of past experiences or future fear. So use your breath to your advantage. Um, you know, and the third thing that I would love to see people do is just kindness to themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about how we are our worst enemies. What if you start showing yourself kindness, the same kind of kindness you would show to the person you love the most? So when you fail, instead of beating yourself up, if that was your best friend, if that was the person you love the most who just fell, how would you talk to them? What would you do to cheer them up? Do that same thing for yourself. You deserve it. Yeah, and that reminds me of some work I did with one of my coaches. She's a relationship coach. We did some work around the inner masculine and feminine. And what she had me do was if I wanted flowers, then my inner masculine would go buy my inner feminine flowers. And so it was a a way of being kind to myself. It was a little easier because my inner masculine was doing something for my inner feminine rather than just me doing something for myself. Or if something needed fixing, my inner masculine would do that for my inner feminine. So it was a fun, playful way of being kind to myself. It made it easier. And so it was kind of fun. That is a really fun way to play around with that. But yeah, that's all about showing yourself love and participating in good self-care. Yeah, self-care is so important. So on that note, we are going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. Stay tuned. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, you find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Hi, my name is Cass Thomas, and I'd like to invite you to join me and my friend Monish Malotra for our show Beyond Love, Sex, and Other Drugs. We'll be talking about abuse, exclusion, relationship, addictions, possibilities, LGBTQI, and more. Is it time to create the life you truly desire? Join us, Beyond Love, Sex, and Other Drugs, every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This show can change your life. It's changing ours. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. We're back. So, Jackie... I wanted to ask you, do you have any suggestions for parents who have kids who are socially awkward or shy that can help them to feel more comfortable as they move through their daily life? Mindset is everything. Confidence is everything. So for parents who are dealing with that, um, one of the things that would be very beneficial for them and for their children is to really understand how the mind works and how to start taking control of their thoughts and feelings. And that's what I do. I, I help people understand how their mind works and how to take control of their thoughts and feelings. And it's a lot easier than most people think, as long as you're willing to take that initial time to, to do some reading, to do some research and figuring this part out. And there's a lot of resources available. I have books on the topic. I have podcasts on the topic. But um, really understanding that you are the boss of your mind. And if you are giving your mind commands that are giving you negative experiences, you can learn how to retrain yourself to be an incredibly effective boss so that you can build up your confidence. Because whatever you think and feel are basically commands to your mind. This is what I want. Give me more of the same. Mm -hmm. So if you sit around or go around all day long thinking, I'm so shy, you basically just told your mind, I want the experience of being shy. Make sure I continue to have this experience. And of course you do. Right. If you're super shy and you understand how your mind works and you start being the boss of your mind and it's not going to change overnight. You're not going to say, oh, I'm confident. And all of a sudden you're confident, right? But instead of thinking I'm shy all the time, what if you're willing to say, even though I'm shy, I'm just willing to be different. You didn't say you're going to go too confident, right? You just you're just having this willingness, a space where you can move into something different. So learning how to talk to yourself in a positive way is incredibly helpful. And parents can use a lot of help in that arena so that they can help their children with that also. But the other thing too is baby steps. A lot of us want that change today. We want that change yesterday. And we don't realize or we don't remember that our problem did not come up overnight. We practice being a certain way for a long time. And that's why it feels like this is who we are. Mm-hmm. If you want to gain confidence, if you want to gain social skills, you start the same way. You start by practicing and be willing to take small baby steps and be willing to have that outcome a little bit down the road. And here's the cool thing that, you know, this is totally not what we've been talking about, but this is very mindset related. And, and that is, You can practice being the person you want to be all up in your head. A lot of us think like, if I want to talk to this person, I just have to go up and talk to them, right? 
that is scary if you're socially awkward or you're super shy. But if you're in your room and you're in your head and you're just like imagining yourself gaining that confidence and walking up to that person and smiling and saying hi and imagine that person engaging back with you with a smile and with a conversation and allowing that conversation to kind of go two-way for a little bit in your head. And if you do that over and over and over again in your head, you're not even doing it in person yet. But if you replay that in your head over and over again, your mind would think that you've had that experience multiple times. In order for any one of us to do anything in real life, we have to be able to think about it up here and feel good about it. So earlier you said, you know, I didn't get a chance to practice this thing and I want to do over. Well, the cool thing with your mind is you get to practice all the time and do over all the time. Nice. (laughs) It's true. That's why we always relive things at nauseum. <laughs> and we're practicing negativities and we're right. cementing ourselves into that negativities because your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a real event or an imagined event. If you're thinking it, feeling it, doing it, your mind thing is the same thing. Yeah, it's really true. All the hormones, all the emotions that go through your body, you can think yourself into a worst case scenario and the next thing you know, you're upset, you're crying, you're angry, the whole nine yards. It's not real. You're getting upset about a thought in your head. Really good, easy example is movies, right? I mean, like, let's, let's bring up a scary movie because that's such an easy example. You're sitting in your home. You're perfectly safe on your couch. And you're watching this horrific movie. Yes. And your heart rate is doing this. And you can barely breathe. And you're super tense. Well, you're perfectly safe. You're not in that situation, but... Your mind, again, cannot tell the difference between real or imagined. You're watching this, and your body will respond physiologically as if you're in that situation. And it's all really happening right up here in our imagination. Yeah, the mind is an amazing thing. (laughs) And it's easier to learn than most people think. It is super simple. Um, You just got to be willing to take that time to understand it and to start practicing being the way you want to be. Mm, I love that. We can start practicing the way we want to be, and it will help us to build new neural pathways. So how can we help our kids understand that they don't have to be at the mercy of their emotions and that they can reprogram their brains to think about things in a different way? So I think it's easier to do that as a foundation versus waiting for a crisis to occur. Uh, But even so, during a crisis, you still can't help your children. Again, something simple, like we talked about, the deep breathing. They can see for themselves in a moment and, you know, instantly, actually, how they can be in that fearful state and they can get themselves to that calm state if they're willing to take control of their thoughts and actions, right? They're willing to use their body and their breath to stop that negative train of, of negative thoughts. So that's one way that parents can do that. But another way is really about having those open conversations. If you're just waiting for crisis to happen and then you intervene, you're never going to develop that foundation. So that could be something, you know, depending on the age of the children, it could be something that parents do consistently, talking about a particular topic, bringing these things up and showing them what that looks like and participating with them. So the deep breathing, I'm going to bring it back up again because it's simple. Mm-hmm. If you've never talked to your child about the power of your breath and they're in this crisis and you said, just deep breathe. Well, what is your child going to think, right? Your child's not going to go, oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Right. Your child's going to think, mom, 
really, this is such a crisis right now. Help me, right? But if you had a conversation the week before, or you've had this conversation two, three times where you tell them why deep breathing is important and you have them participate with you so that they can see how their body's responding when they need it, they're going to be much more likely to do this. And the other thing too is, you know, I talk a lot about awareness, is starting to become aware of your children's negative talk and bringing it up to them Mm -hmm. and let them become aware of how negative they are too. I mean, because most of us, when we're being negative, we have no clue. It happens so automatically. It happens all the time that it just feels natural too, right? right? So having that awareness, having those conversations and helping your children to change those negative self-talk right then and there could be the foundational part that they need to build that confidence so that they will stop those other negative um, responses. Yeah, definitely. Something else that came to mind about how we put labels on kids and sometimes they take that label on and wear it, even if it's not really true. So I think it's worth it to be mindful of the seeds that we plant. Yeah, most definitely. I do have a lot of clients that says, you know, I didn't think I was that way, but my mom kept on telling me. Because they never saw themselves as shy or as difficult or whatever, but they get that label put on them over and over again that they start wearing it as if it's their own thing. Right. So you're, you're totally correct with that. So being aware of the words you use, removing those labels, and recognizing behaviors is not the person, right? A lot of us, we look at a child's bad behavior, and now this is a bad kid. Right. No. This is a kid who has a bad behavior. But now if you remove the word bad, this kid is behaving this way. And you go deeper and you use your curiosity and you ask yourself, what is going on with my child that's causing my child to act this way? You would get a different answer than if you said, well, he's just being difficult. Right. And another question to ask is, What need does my child have that he's trying to meet with this particular behavior? Because every single thing that we are doing is to fulfill a need that we have. And if you're willing to use that curiosity and go deeper with your child, figure out what needs they have, what's going on in their day that's causing them to act this way, you're going to get to understand them, learn them, and develop that loving trust that we talked about in the beginning. Exactly. So Jackie, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today. We could talk about this stuff all day long, I can tell. I would love it if you could tell our listeners about your free gift. Yeah, definitely. It's called it's a PDF. It's a quick little thing I wrote up. Um, and it's called Six Simple Ways to Transform Your Inner Voice. We all have that negative inner voice, and we can learn how to transform that negative inner voice into a voice of positivity and support for ourselves we're going to be way ahead of the game. But um, it is it summarized six key things that you can do for yourself today that you'll start seeing improvement in how you feel about yourself immediately. Awesome. Thank you. And we're going to post the link to Jackie's free gift on the website, holisticsexedradio.com. And you can go over there and you can pick up a copy for yourself. Thanks again, Jackie. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been awesome. And yes, we can talk about this all day long. For sure. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.